I am Taylor Barr, radio DJ. I write monologues for the radio. Five monologues a day, five days a week. Here, I am chronicling them. I hope you enjoy. I scratched my head really hard this morning, and instead of experiencing the immediate relief that scratching an itch typically provides, I was left in pain writhing on the floor for minutes. Sometime last night, my scalp fell off, and now I have an exposed brain. It's not the worst thing ever. I can still function normally. It's just that whenever something touches my head, my think meat is activated against my will. If it were up to me, I'd wear a bag or something over it, but it's not. Fashion stops for no man, and though I am less human than most, I still am sadly human. Instead, I must settle for a tinfoil hat lined with fleece, this season's top craze. I am sincerely worried for my sake if I fall down or am landed on by a bird. What will I say? What will I do? I have very little control over my brain as is. Could you imagine how that would end up with outside intervention? Probably, it'd be quite embarrassing, as well as mortifying as well as humorous for those with darker humor and vindictive tendencies. Until I have my scalp replaced, I must ask all the citizens of this city to refrain from celebrating Slap a DJ on the Skull Day. I hate to do it. I really do. I know it's local tradition, but I just can't risk it. The building inspector inspected our building today like an ex-building inspector might. I thought it was suspicious at the beginning, at first, because they kept trying to convince me that they were, in fact, a building inspector. I accepted it immediately, and they just pushed their papers in my face, proving their position. I never had a problem, though. I like to accept things at face value. Anyway, the building inspector walked through the radio station, picking on, on the solar panels, pushing up on the ceiling panels, punching holes in the wall to look at the wires inside, picking locks to offices and basements and side rooms, typical building inspector stuff, boilerplate sort of work. I started getting suspicious, though, when they emerged from a trap door with armfuls of radio equipment. I inquired, and they told me this was also pretty normal, just that some of the wiring might be faulty, so it's their job to check it out. Who am I to prevent someone from doing their job? I let them go. Let them do their thing. Later, though, the inspector came back and told me they were going to have to check under my desk for something. They wanted to move me from my position at the radio. That's where I draw the line, right before you make me move from this comfy chair. Who do you think you are? I asked the inspector. Why would you even say that to me? My back hurts, and so do my feet. And also, I glued myself to this chair, so you can try to remove me, but it's not going to work. The building inspector left before I could finish berating him. Nice guy, though. Jeremiah has a sticker collection that bests even the most notorious of sticker collectors. See, when he was young, Jeremiah's father introduced him to the idea of collecting and to the idea of stickers. Whenever his father had a piece of fruit, Jeremiah would be there to collect it to tape it to the inside of his collection book and place the book on his shelf. 
When his mother bought new items and unwrapped them, he would take the packaging stickers from the shipping containers and place them in with the fruit stickers. When Jeremiah went to the Scholastic Book Fair on an early autumn school day, he was overwhelmed by the stickers made available to him, and being a child with no concept of money, simply took the booklets. Who's he hurting? The stickers? Jeremiah would continue this habit for as long as he could pick a sticker off something else and place it in a booklet. One day, he came across a gigantic sticker, a true monster of adhesive picture. It was a car decal, a flame meant for the side of some large SUV, and Jeremiah was immediately obsessed. The bigger the sticker, the better, and this one was the biggest sticker he had ever seen. To even fit it in his sticker collection, Jeremiah had to fold the thing up several times, which ruined the integrity of the adhesive. But Jeremiah didn't collect so that he may one day resell. It was never for any higher purpose. Jeremiah just liked stickers. She boarded her flight with gusto, packing her bag into the overhead cabin and taking her seat. As people boarded around her, she thought to herself about the waterfalls she would soon be seeing, the oceans and rivers and other waterways. She was immeasurably excited and needed to use the restroom. She got up, approached the lavatory, and noticed it was locked. She waited and waited and waited until several minutes had passed and she couldn't hold it any longer. She knocked on the door to no response and decided on drastic measures. The plane had not yet taken off, and so she quietly slipped out the emergency door and onto the wing. She thought there might be an easy spot to relieve herself out here, but now that she was on the wing, she was realizing that no, there wasn't really a place to do that, and that no, the emergency door wouldn't open back up. She decided to try another access point, so she climbed on top of the plane and made her way to the tail fin. Still, no access point, but there was a commotion, and the plane began to move. Her head filled with panicked thoughts. She hurried, scrambled up the body of the plane until she was struggling to hold on. The plane was already taxied and was beginning to take flight. She only had so long until she would fall right off, so she rushed, pushing herself further than she had ever pushed herself before to the cockpit. She banged on the window, and horror struck her. There were no pilots. Scores of mountains surround a clearing, a pasture, if you will. It houses several species of worm and boasts a stream through the middle. It is a safe haven for birds and mountain goats. Really anything that can reach the clearing is safe there. The cold water rushing by drowns out the sounds of animals and acts as a cover. It is a truly peaceful place. In the clearing lives a human as well, one who spent many years preparing and many months searching for the spot. It was a, it was a dedicated human who wanted nothing more than to be left totally and utterly alone. It just wanted some peace and quiet and felt as though it would never be achieved, surrounded by millions of other creatures with thoughts and opinions and actions that would affect it. A bird lands next to the human and it does not take notice. It pecks at the human's feet and still it is ignored. 
The human knows that if not given attention, other humans will leave it alone. The bird cares not about attention. A mountain goat approaches the human and lays down in its lap. Again, the human pays it no mind. The goat doesn't care what the human does. Another bird joins in, then another goat, and pretty soon the human was surrounded with creatures. Covered it in fur and hair and feathers, the human stood up and began making its way to the other side of the clearing. Could peace never be achieved? Could the human never settle? And then a thought occurred. Perhaps peace must come from my interpretation of my surroundings, and not my surroundings themselves. I have been Taylor Barr, your radio DJ of sorts. I do hope you enjoyed my monologues. I know I enjoyed writing them. Stay tuned next time for more monologues and more monologues and more monologues.